What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 180 of your favorite podcast, the Gordon Podcast. I'm Rose Shusman alongside my co-host Brandon Long. And today is part one of how steroids work. There's a ton of information in there that you guys are gonna learn from. Have your notepads ready. This is a great one. As always, Gordon Podcast brought to you by Revise, someone brought to you by Raw Summons. Use code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. Please share us on Instagram, send us to your friends. This is a very informative podcast. I think it's gonna help a ton of people. Episode 180, it is going down. I'll see you inside. Uh, you guys, it's so good to be able to get in and chat with you guys today. Today's not a very busy day. But, uh, man, as soon as contest prep season with my athletes winds down, we will uh, – I'll be back in much more full force here. Just, man, I got every weekend. Like, I don't have a weekend in the foreseeable future where people aren't competing. What like, do you think it's going to slow down? Time. Um, in December, <laughs> no, around like Olympia time, it'll slow down quite a bit when AJ's done. Like, there's so much energy constantly put into my prep athletes, um, you know, especially during peak weeks and stuff. Like, I got three people in peak week right now, um, and each of them, you know, two are in Ohio, uh, one's down in Florida. And I got a guy doing a transformation challenge as well, but it's not really a peak week. He, he's gonna dominate that pretty easily. He is in Houston. He is in Houston. Um, yeah, there's like post training picks and there's you know, fasted picks and there's mm-hmm. sometimes pre bed picks and things like that. A lot that. more re- requirements. Yeah, a lot more. That like, just kind of requires you to be on the whole time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I've been like reconfiguring a lot of things, you know, in life too. There's definitely a lot of changes uh, personally, you know, that have been happening and whatnot. So, podcast definitely taking a little bit of a back burner, but I love being able to chat with you guys, especially about topics that I think is pretty exciting like how anabolic steroids actually work a lot of people know like what they do like what what does testosterone do you know what does masteron do what's trembolone do like a lot of people can talk about that but i think it's cool when we get down into the chemistry of like what these things are actually doing inside your body because every single one of them like they interact kind of the same way mm-hmm. um so like, it doesn't matter if you're taking an oral or if you're taking an injectable, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, they even have like nasal based steroids and shit. What? That's weird as fuck. I never would. What's the, what's the data on that? I don't think there is any. I don't think there is any. There's no way. Yeah, it's fucking weird. But Pete, you know, Pete like a huff? Do it. Yeah, like you. Like allergy medicine. <laughs> and then you just exhale. <laughs> like what? Guess so. <laughs> Half of it goes away? Guess so. I mean, wow. yeah, fucking seems like it. Like, I don't know. Interesting. It's real fucking weird. Convenient, though. If oh, they can nail man. that, that's convenient. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Not have to inject anymore. So, but it's like too good to be true. Oh, yeah. yeah, everything has pro cons. And man, a lot of people just don't want to stick a fucking needle. Mm-hmm. Although, like, the, man, like, the reality is up to like a certain dose. You just can you can just use an insulin syringe. Mm-hmm. On, like, a, for a majority of people, on a majority of, you know, dosages, Like a half inch. Yeah, you can just use a little fucking insulin syringe. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when I do daily injections, I just, like, use, like, 30... Uh, 30 gauge like half inch fucking insulin syringe mm-hmm. and you just there you don't accumulate much scar tissue that way right because man I, like after you've you know utilized steroids for prolonged yeah like injecting becomes really difficult when like you're constantly hitting scar tissue and stuff dude it fucking hurts mm-hmm. and like you gotta switch up sites yeah and stuff. dude it freaks me out a couple times when you were you hit a vein and you're Fuck. just 
having those cough attacks. Oh, trend, yeah, with yeah. Trend. It only happens with trend. Um, wow. It's the only thing that it's called the trend cough. Yeah. yeah, if you like inject trend in, like directly into a fucking vein. Man, like, you know, what's wild is, you know, you can aspirate and all that stuff, and you, it's still not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, like, two times during this prep, it hits, and, dude, I just feel my cortisol fucking skyrocket. Yeah. You're just coughing, like, uncontrollably. Pull it out. I've seen you. Dying. You literally called it a night at, like, 7 o'clock with yeah. me. I'm going to bed. Yeah, I was so fucking, I was so irritated. Yeah. So, how, let's first just kind of talk about what antibiotic steroids actually are super quick here because most of you might already know this. Essentially, antibiotic steroids just, they're, they're imitating properties of naturally occurring hormones like testosterone. All of them are just testosterone derivatives. Um, you know, their, their chemical composition is going to be very similar to testosterone and they're all going to work through your body's testosterone receptors. Um, and with those receptors, once they become stimulated, there's a domino effect of metabolic reactions that take place and the drug essentially instructs the body to increase by uh, a broken down version of what it does. It increases muscle tissue production. We're going to get into that a little bit more here. Uh, but you understand testosterone, which is every anabolic steroid in its broken down essence, is testosterone. It has two effects on your body. One, there's an anabolic effect. Two, there's an androgenic effect. The androgenic effect is what you know as like mass uh, masculinizing um, effects. Like that's where like virilization and things will occur. Um, and you know you can you know, like the side effects can be like um, like uh, testicle shrinking. Actually, your penis gets bigger on steroids. Um, deep in the voice, more facial hair. That's why I have a beard. No one in my family has a beard. I'm the only one that has a beard. How long did it take you to get that? Wow, like like years. Let's see. Because I'm starting to lose, you know, I'm getting a little disappointed right now. I had, like, a solid beard around, like, 25 after I'd been trying for, like, three years. But, yeah, now it's now it's intense. <laughs> now it's a monster. It's, you know, it's like, you don't want to grow a beard. You got to get through the real ugly phase. Like, no girls will think you're fucking cute. But, you see, like, if you're in a fucking committed relationship, like, well, they're not going to break up with you over your beard, right? Like... I mean, I got really fat, so yeah. I'm doing see, okay. so let me, yeah. So now you might as well just be, you know, scruffy. Might as well. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, so one thing to understand, yes, yeah, testosterone is definitely a male sex hormone, but it occurs in women heavily, just in much smaller amounts than men. Okay, um, now. How do steroids work? I have part one and part two. So I'm not sure how how long part one's gonna go because I'm just. I just have my notes here, and I'm just going to kind of explain as I go. I might knock them both out today, but the next episode, 181, might be how steroids work part two. We'll see. I just don't want it to get too deep. I want you guys to be able to learn from this. So understand antibiotic steroids are molecules. They're very complex molecules. Um, they travel throughout the blood as messengers, if you will. And remember, you know, these are anabolic steroids. So the messengers, like, it's the, the message that it's carrying is some sort of building, some sort of anabolic reaction that's going to occur in the body. Anabolic literally means, like, building up, okay? Um, the active messages are free form until they get bound. So they're just floating in the, bud, uh, in the blood. They're not chemically bound to any other molecules. Dormant messengers are inactive towards cells because they're bound to a protein also in the blood called an androgen-binding globule. So the the globule will just attach to the androgen and they can make a messenger go dormant, okay? Um, The androgen-binding globule is 
similar to the sex hormone binding globule, but um, it's like the same but different. You know what I mean? It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're like both pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. If you pull down SHBG, then you're going to pull down ABG as well. Um, ABG is the androgen binding. On a muscle cell, so around a muscle cell, there's like a, there's there's like a soup almost of amino uh, amino acids, right? Just a just a like conglomerate of amino acids around that muscle cell, and there's millions of tiny tiny little sites that are called steroid receptor sites or anabolic receptor sites. So no, like these aren't there for you to inject steroids and take them up. They're there to take up testosterone that your body naturally makes. But outside of every single muscle cell, there's tons and tons and tons and tons of these receptor sites, like literally millions, that can take up hormone and will take up the hormone. And then that's when the effect and the whole metabolic process of the steroid gets exhibited. So these sites, these anabolic receptor sites or steroid receptor sites, are where the anabolic steroids attach themselves to and deliver their message. Remember, every single one of these steroids, it's just a molecule that's a messenger. So they deliver their message to this steroid receptor site, and their message gets transferred into the nucleus of the cell. Okay, so just literally gets carried through the cell. Super freaking easy. Carried through the cell into the nucleus, and you know the nucleus then takes it, and, well, before I get into what the message is, there's an important precursor first. With more steroids, you know, in your blood, you do have a greater chance of the message being prescribed and used. Um, so, yeah, more steroids in the blood means more available for the sites to pull from, but this doesn't mean raise the fucking dose, and I'm going to get into that in a second. Uh, because so, some, some steroids bind extremely tightly to the ABGs, the androgen-binding globules, and very, very little stays free. Um, now the opposite is also true. Some steroids don't need don't don't really bind well at all, um, and you know those are you commonly need to run higher dosages of in order to get any sort of effect, like um, an equipoise, if you will. It binds much weaker than um, like testosterone, than Anavar, um, you know, than a lot of others. So. Some steroids bind extremely tight to the ABG. And at any given time, a majority of that steroid, like over 90% of an effectively binding steroid, is bound up and not running free at all. But one thing to remember, these when I talk about things like the 90% with this, a lot of this is like genetic-based, right? Like Brandon, for example. I've seen Brandon. So, all right. So when you talk about like a genetic freak in bodybuilding, people think that means they just build muscle easier. But a, a majority of the time, that's not true just because the reality is like the physiology can only have so much variance, right? Like we all have the capability to, you know, build muscle, um, but it comes down to other things like how much, how much amino soup, that's what I'm going to call it, amino soup is around your muscle cell. Some people might have 10% of what you and I have. Mm-hmm. Some people might have 200% of what you and I have. Right. But there's fucking more. Right. There's more places overall for testosterone to be taken. There's an overall better response. Right. But there's also more amino acids your body uptakes. Right. There's also a higher nitrogen that your level that your body has. Um, some people, I said, if equipoise is a weak binding, um, is if 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 equipoise is a weak binding steroid, 
what if Phil Heath takes it and 90% of it binds? So he's going to get, if Agapoy's binds you and I at 20% and it binds him at 90%, he's going to get 70% more out of that drug than we are. Right. If that's what we same dose. at the same dose. Yeah. If, which also means he can then run a fourth as much of the dose and get the exact same result as we do. Mm-hmm. That's a genetic outlier. Mm-hmm. Amino soups a genetic outlier. More amino acids is a genetic outlier. More steroid sebicides is a genetic outlier. Right. Higher nitrogen is a genetic outlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, lower levels of androgen binding globules is a genetic outlier. Yeah. Lower levels of SHBG is a genetic outlier. How much your body, how, how efficiently your, your nucleus of the cell responds to the anabolic steroid, that's a genetic outlier. That's why it's important to start like small. You don't have it's to like so important to start small. You don't have to like throw the whole fucking tool belt out there. You know, the best bodybuilders that I know, and well, I wish I could say names. I, I can say names. Of course. Um, like Chris Bumstead, mm-hmm. the greatest in the world. Mm-hmm. He takes way less than a majority of guys on my roster for who, he takes way less for the Olympia than a majority of the guys on my roster who are just prepping for a regional show. Mm-hmm. And look at the result he gets from it. Genetic That's outlier. a genetic outlier. It's not about, oh, you know, he has such a small waist. He has a, you know why his waist can stay small? Because the food in his body works so much more efficiently than it works on other people. He doesn't have to go to 8,000 calories. He doesn't have to abuse growth hormone. He doesn't have to abuse insulin. He doesn't have to abuse steroids. Everything in his body is working more efficiently than it's working in ours. Right. And so he gets a greater result from the extreme effort he puts into his protocols. Mm-hmm. He gets more result. And so when you take the extreme effort and you take an extreme genetic response to every variable, right. you're going to have a greater response. Absolutely. I mean, you can even go down to like the sarcoplasm of the muscle and how it responds and adapts to tension under load. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you mix all of that with fucking perfect training. L- literally. Yeah. But like someone like someone like him, we, and we, we have no way to test this. We just know that it happens. Say say Chris Bumstead has a greater adaptive response neurologically or at the muscle cell or literally in the muscle fiber, which I believe I have. There's no data backing this up. This is 100% me just like throwing darts in the fucking dark. I believe that a majority of the top bodybuilders in the world, their greatest genetic response comes from actual muscle fiber rather than anything else. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, it does. Um, like, yeah, all these people, dude, they respond to steroids better than others. Mm-hmm. Or they just run so much fucking more. Like Big Rami, for example. Yeah. Like, he's not going to have a very long shelf life because of how much gear he uses. This isn't me from hearsay. This is me, you know, seeing... Right. Seeing messages mm-hmm. you know um of what has been used and like i've, I've never seen i didn't even know you could inject that much that to be much honest with you. i'd never I, I had no idea you could do that and i'm not like trying to say this like start a conspiracy or like throw shade no it's, he's the greatest in the world mm-hmm. it's worked for him right but like if i injected that much i wouldn't get that response e- either like I, I i would my health is in the place down. yeah and majority of people, so Big Rami's an outlier through, he can handle that. His body's health can handle that much, but it's still being heavily compromised. Right. If I tried handling that much, I would be, yeah, I would completely shut down. So understand when I talk about genetic outliers, it's people use that term so loosely without understanding what it actually means. There's a million different components that it can mean. I believe the number one greatest component is if I go in and do a set of perfect squats at 500 for 10, and C-Bum goes in and does a set of perfect squats, 500 for 10. He gets a greater response from it, even though we're similar lean body mass and similar height and similar overall structure. He's going to get a greater response from it. Right. 
And so, like, that's why his physique. No, I believe in that. Does. I believe that too. And you know what's wild? You know what else wild? When I'm when I was like contest ready, and I was pretty fucking shredded. I, I, I wasn't inside out peeled because I don't look good like that. But I was pretty shredded. I was still twenty five pounds up from where he is. Wow! Like that's a genetic response. He, I don't know what even that is, but his body is just lighter. Wow, that's insane as yeah. fuck. You're just right. A, you're just a lot more dense than him. So much more dense, but it doesn't mm-hmm. fuck look. Like if we're yeah. standing next to each other, he's huge. Yeah, you wouldn't. You would never assume no. that. Yeah, I think we both weigh the exact same right now, and we're the same height, same. Nuts, you know, he just responds to things so differently. Yeah, and it's it's little it's little things like um, your body creates more growth hormone. Like maybe if your body creates ten percent more growth hormone than someone else, well, that compiled over time—that's unfucking real. Yeah, right. That's an advantage. That is a monster advantage. Yeah. Like if I'm taking ten, I use a growth hormone for two years straight, which has a lot of growth hormone. But someone else is taking eleven, I use a growth hormone for two years straight. They have so much more of an advantage, mm-hmm. right? So it's like you can have that naturally because right. injecting growth hormone doesn't shut down your endogenous, um, you know. Uh, um, production of it because growth hormones produced all throughout the day in different ways growth growth hormones a wave it's mm-hmm. not like a consistent thing right that's why you supplement the growth hormone and make it more consistent i am it's completely off topic here but i think it's educational that's why you supplement the growth hormone to make it more consistent throughout the day because the higher that can be you know, the higher you can just drive so many other metabolic factors that go into muscle building fat burning health you know all of those things right so like understand the genetic response is so much more than just like oh they build muscle easier mm-hmm. why do they build muscle easier what i get out of 500 milligrams of test all those guys get out so much more so like and i mean honestly like a lot of people need to come to a realization of what their end goal in bodybuilding really is with what they have yeah because like i mean you for example like you've run it your cycle's not big at all. No. And you've been on it a long ass time. Mm-hmm. You just respond. So like there's something about you, don't know what it is. There's something about you that's a genetic response that is a massive outlier. Right. Like it's impossible to tell or pick it out. But there's something going yeah, on. There's not there like might be way. two things. There yeah. might be three things. Right. There's not like a way to pinpoint no. what exactly it is. It's just happening. It's just working. Yeah, it's just working really fucking well. Mm-hmm. But like again, I have guys using four times what you're using and getting a fourth of the results Wow! and you know, and, and double the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, that's how you kind of, when, when someone's, when someone nails down protocols perfectly and then you add steroids on top of it very quickly, you see where their potential is in bodybuilding. Yeah. And a lot of people have none. Right. Like that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, I think that was, very import- that was a good, very important point though. Nailing perfect protocols First. before you, yeah, you start to bring in some gear. Yeah, yeah. if That's you so important. If, if if you're if you're trying to grow and you bring in gear, but you want to keep your abs, say you're hungry a majority of the day, you're not using gear the right fucking way. No. Like, dude, like you got to be willing. If you if you're a guy or a girl and you're trying to build super physiological amounts of tissue, you got to be willing to get a little fat, you know, the, a little fat until you get fucking huge. Exhibit A, myself. Yeah, but like, and and when I was three hundred pounds, yep, dude, I didn't look good. I didn't feel good. Nope. I couldn't fucking do anything. I couldn't even fuck. Mm-mm. Like I could do nothing. I remember you were sinking. I was you were literally sinking in I the water. Was sinking. Yeah, you couldn't even it keep yourself awful. afloat with a life jacket. Yeah, with a life jacket. Yeah, I was too heavy for the life jacket. Yeah, miserable. But dude. 
that's where you have to go to fucking win a show. So like mm -hmm. now I'll never have to go back to that body composition because as a bodybuilder over time, men and women, dude, eventually like, like now I have enough muscle, but also my body's responsive enough and knowing what's coming next. And it, it knows that it does not want to be that fat again. It doesn't want to have insulin resistance. It doesn't want to have poor sleep and have sleep apnea. Right. It doesn't want to have all these things. Your body's going to tend to stay tighter. Mm-hmm. And respond better to yep. other things. Like I was 265 this morning and I was way tighter than last time I was 265. It's like I felt great there, Good. right? Yeah. It's like I'm probably gonna stay here for a minute because, you know, competing's not even in the sights. Right. But like every time you push, like next time you're up to 230, you're gonna be 3% leaner than you are now, mm -hmm. but you're still gonna be fat. Mm -hmm. But the next time you get to 230, you're going to be another 3% leaner. And then you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm 9, 10% fucking body fat at 230 pounds at 5'7". I'm a muck. I'm a unit, dude. <laughs> like, then you're ready to I'm turn pro. I'm a genetic outlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, at that point, you're ready to turn pro. Yeah. Right? Um, and so, like, I, I don't mean to, like, get super off topic. I just want to explain these things in depth because there's also a lot of people who just, like, honestly think steroids are so much more of an advantage than they are. Mm -hmm. like, they're a huge advantage. Don't get me wrong. But the advantage comes in the response to steroids. I have a lot of people who take steroids and they, they, they it just doesn't change. Yeah. Like, it, it, it doesn't change how fast they're responding at all. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're hitting protocols. Um, so, you know, they're, they're not this massive advantage. The advantage comes from your parents and we can only control so much. So... I don't even remember where I was. <laughs> what do you do with that, though? It's, so, it's like someone's just not responding at a pretty high dosage. Oh, like, what do you do? I haven't, I haven't had that yet. I only have like a hand, probably like five well, athletes that are. I pull down the dosage heavily when you realize this just isn't working. But if they have ambitions like be a bodybuilding competitor, yeah, that's tough. Um, usually they kind of come to a realization of, oh, fuck. Like they're pushing through, they're hitting protocols, and yeah. gears high, and yeah. things are just not responding. There's a lot of people who just don't have what it takes. There's also a lot of, in the same note, there's also a lot of people that, dude, honestly, for, for whatever fuck reason it is, they'll take 500 milligrams of testosterone, it's real-ass testosterone, real fucking testosterone, and their bloods will come back at like 900. When at 500 milligrams, we'd like to be around like 1,500. That makes no sense. It's so fucking small. The elevation they're getting, like there's natural people in the 900s. No one natural is the 1500s. Like, that's extremely super physiological. Wow. And, like, they're pushing 500 milligrams of real testosterone. It's not bunk shit. Mm -hmm. And they're just not responding. You push up to 1,000, and now they're at, like, 1,100. Whereas 1,000 should be, like, 18, 1,900. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a fuck. That's yeah. a lot of tests. I mean, then you get up to the 2,000 range. Like, a lot of people, a lot of guys might listen to this, like, 2,000, hey, you want to you know what professional bodybuilding cycles are like? Now we're getting that 2,000 range, 2,300. And, like, these guys only be at, like, 11, 1,200. Like, the response isn't there. And I, I know this because there's been guys that have been cool with me testing this in them. You know, I always say I'm, I'll never do something to somebody I can't recover them from. But, like, this shit's fucking mind-blowing. They're like, how are you taking this much real testosterone? And you, there's no response to it. Wow. And like, it's, it's incredible. There's nothing they can do in this sport. There's nothing they can do in the fucking sport. And, like... 
it doesn't mean that you have to be on HRT or TRT. Your natural levels might be fucking 700 and on that, on 500 megs of test, you're only at 900. Like at that point, that's unhealthy. Yeah. It's not worth the extra 200. You're not, it's not that big of a jump. And you're wasting money. At that that, point and, and you're wasting money and yeah, you have to inject and all that shit. Yeah, dude, it's just, it's not worth it. So like, this is something that happens. There's people I've had take trust alone that don't really respond to it. Trust alone. Real ass shit. The most hardcore, advanced, most powerful anabolic steroid. And there's people that don't respond to trend. Like, this shit happens. But you know what's wild? No one doesn't respond to MPP. And to me, that is absolutely mind-blowing. And no one doesn't respond to real primo bullet. Those two are unbelievable. So would you say that those are kind of like the go-to if that happens? Yeah. If that does happen? Yeah. Those two are the go-to for me anyways. Yeah. Like, my cycles... If you're a guy listening to this, you want to coach with me, you're going to have tests, primo, and MPP on hand. There's no fucking secrets I have up my sleeve. Like, I just, you run them well. Yeah. You run them well, you optimize everything, and make sure protocols and biofeedback fall suit, and you just manage the fucking sides. Absolutely. With, you know, the titration method, that's all you can do. Like, yeah, we get into fun things like trust and whatnot, but, I mean, I might have four or five guys total running trust right now. Mm-hmm. It's just not something I use a ton, you know, and commonly um yeah i mean there's only one guy <laughs> using it who's not tall and lanky everyone else i use it in tall and lanky people because like the reality is for, like you know you want to use more volumizing steroids for people who are taller and lanky and want to use which are going to be more aromatizing mm-hmm. if it's going to be volumizing it's going right. to be aromatizing right. And you want to use less volumizing steroids for people, you know, like yourself, who are usually bigger in, in, in stature. Because usually your aromatization is just going to be a little bit higher and things like But also you don't need it. Right. Like you already have volumization. Um, but, you know, volumizing, and there, there's levels of volumizing. And Trestolone's level of volumizing is very, 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 very high. Uh, you know, the side effects of Trestolone, like the sex drive, uncontrollable. Yeah. Like some of the little anger blurbs you'll go through is just like, like, dude, yesterday, so I'm, I'm on trust right now. Full transparency, I'm running trust. I'm doing a little, I'm doing a little experiment with myself. <laughs> yesterday, I couldn't open a container of something I pulled out of the fridge. I couldn't fucking open it. I'm giving this thing every ounce of horsepower I got, and it's not opening. I got so fucking pissed off. <laughs> and I'm like walking over, grab the scissors. I'm just like, you're really mad because of trust. And like, I laugh about it, but it's like this anger. Like I got it doesn't make it better. And I got fucking angry. Yeah. And I was like ready to fucking go, dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, just dude, because you realize what it's from doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it make you less angry. But um, so something that I've seen help me when I have these little anger blurbs, I just make myself laugh. I just like it's like a fake laugh, but I make myself happy. laugh. Yeah, and it's like it feels better. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, back on track. I just I want to try and educate as much as I can. So it's all relevant. It, it, yeah, it is. So more steroids in the blood equals more available for the sites to pull from. But again, like I said, this does not mean more steroids equal better results. Sometimes they do. Oftentimes they don't. Some steroids bind very tightly. Some steroids don't very don't really bind up at all. Some steroids don't need to bind at all and can exhibit their effects by roaming free. Some steroids bind so tightly that they knock other steroids into the free state at the receptor. So this is a very important part of cycle design, and I'm absolutely not going to talk about it on this podcast. You absolutely have to pay me for this information. When you design a cycle, you cannot have multiple steroids in that cycle that will knock 
each other out. Or else, you're not going to get the full effect of your dosage. I really want to do a deep dive on that, but I have to hold myself back. There's a whole ass mentor. We can do a whole other podcast on it. But the steroid and the the site receptor have to like each other. They must be complementary. Efficient steroids bind highly. Inefficient ones don't bind at a very high affinity at all. That doesn't mean inefficient steroids don't work. It just means you're going to have to dose quite a bit more. And whenever you bump the dose, understand there's going to be health repercussions as well. So this is why knowing your health profile, having a coach who's proficient in these things, it's very, very beneficial. Right. Some people are gifted with more receptors. It's another genetic gift. Uh, and so, therefore, they utilize steroids better. But if receptors are overworked, this is why more is not always better. If receptors are overworked, they'll shut down for business. They won't take anything up. Let's say you find out you pay me for a, a Zoom consultation. And we're talking on the Zoom consultation. And which, by the way, I took off the website. You have to email me for this. So email me for a Zoom consultation. You email me for a Zoom consultation. You're like, all right, give me a rundown of a professional bodybuilder steroid cycle. And I'll pull up an archive and I'll give one to you. And then you start trying to run it. Let's say, for example, I'll pull one up. <laughs> I'll pull one up. I'll chat about it. All right. 2,200, this is all per week unless otherwise denoted. 2,200 milligrams of test E or S, enanthate or sustanon. 150 milligrams of Anavar daily, 50 a.m., 50 afternoon, 50 p.m. 1,000 milligrams of Equipoise every other day. Every other day. It's 3,000 a week. 400 milligrams of trend inanthate weekly. One milligram Arimidex. 20 milligrams Novadex. The Arimidex and Novadex are both daily. 12 IU's growth hormone. Insulin as needed based off the blood glucose timeline below. So you want to start running that cycle. That's about six grams, uh, about seven grams a week. For reference, the biggest cycle I've ever run is 2,300 milligrams a week. So this one's 7 grams a week. I helped program this, but this was not my athlete, but I did help program that cycle. You can't handle that shit. That's terrifying. So you, hop off, you hop off a Zoom call and you try running it yourself, and you're like, I'm not getting any fucking results. No. You know why? Because your steroid receptors can't handle it, so they just shut down. They don't try to fucking sensitize themselves they don't try to clean themselves out dude what the fuck i was on there, there's forums that were that are literally taught on facebook a facebook i'm part of and someone posted a question asking how to clear anabolic receptor sites um stop using anabolic steroids what, what the fuck do you mean he, what do you what do you mean how to fucking clear there's no way to clear these things the issue is you have to wait till all the esters die off so you run this for five weeks and you're like, fuck, I'm only up three, you know, three pounds in five weeks. I feel like fucking shit and I can't even train anymore. Well, I could poison a pretty long ester. Test and intake, Susan on both build up. Trainee builds up. I mean, these things build up. So now you got to wait for them to come down. So now you're going to, you know, waste another four weeks waiting for them to come down. Yeah. And now you're 10 weeks deep fucking yourself. Even after you come off of them. Yeah, even after you come off. Like, it's not like tomorrow you're good. Mm -hmm. You wake up, you have to understand half-lives. Yep. There's actually a half-life calculator. If you look up the anabolic steroid half-life calculator, kind of like um, allow you to see 
how long it takes for anything to come out. You can even look up fat burners. Um, they have T3, T4, Clin, DMP. They have growth hormone, which isn't very long. They have different types of insulin. They have all the shit mm-hmm. on there. Um, so it's really cool. But if your receptors are over the shutdown for businesses, again, why professional bodybuilders are such genetic outliers because they can just fucking handle it. This dude who still competes and honestly, his blood work doesn't look like you would think it would look like at seven fucking grams. Um, I don't know if he's running anymore. I'm not helping anymore. He actually switched to another coach. Um, I was just, a lot of coaches collab. I think people would be amazed to know how much coaches actually collab yeah, with their athletes. That's something I have noticed in the industry. Yeah. I yeah. think it's really unique, too. I think I collab more than other people do, mm-hmm. just because I have a lot of friends. Right. So, like, a lot of people run things by me. And therefore, like, hey, if you're going to run something by me, I'm going to run something by you. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, like, people collab. If you're if you're a coach and you're not collabing, you're doing your clients a disservice. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm cla- I'm talking to Shane Hagley about what he's doing. I'm talking to Matt about right. what he's doing. Cameron and I talk about what he's doing. Like these, I, I talk to people who win yeah. about what they're doing. I study James Atlas this shit like crazy. I don't know the guy, but I study shit like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, you start you start surrounding yourself and chatting with winners. Like, dude, my ego is not too big enough to know that some people know more than I do. Yeah, like, we can all come together. Um, you know, Johnny Castellina is someone I look up to heavily. Uh, Nelson Jones, someone that um, we've collabed with. Me and Phil Viz have collabed on mm-hmm. things. Like, dude. Everybody does everything so different. So, so different. you might learn something that works yeah. better. Yeah. And you'll take that to your team, your Absolutely. roster, and you're like, holy shit. This it's, made, well, it's made me a better coach. Absolutely. I mean, the other day, Alex Bush FaceTimed me, and he's like, hey, I got, you know, I got a client show day, and this is going on. We talked about it. We just chatted it out. You know, like, that's fucking dope, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, so I, no, I, I, I think it's important. I think collaboration is very important. So, um, there's evidence that teenagers have very unique receptors. This is interesting. This is kind of going to get us into part two, which is going to be next podcast. There's evidence that teenagers have unique receptors that older folks don't. So as you get older, your receptor sites become less and less available for binding. But what's interesting is in my anecdote, older people respond better to steroids, older being like someone who's in the 20 seven to 35 range is going to respond better than someone under 27. But I think it's because of their lifestyle. I don't think it's because they're using steroid better. I think that it's because they're more mature. Yeah. Like you need to be very mature to get the most out of a steroid. When you talk about lifestyle, you're talking about like going out, you're talking about like nutrition, how much do you prioritize your sleep? Yeah. Number one, anyone can hit a diet Mm -hmm. and a diet's not, not easy, but are you up till 1am playing video games? or Are you in bed at 10 PM? Because one of you is going to be a way better bodybuilder than the other one. And I, like, there's no, there's no outliers for that. Right. There ain't no outliers for sleep. They're like, there's no steroid that overpowers poor sleep. Sleep's still the most powerful fucking thing you can do for your body. Okay. You know, young people are more prone to overtraining. Yeah. Oh, I can add another set here. Fuck, then you didn't do your last set hard enough. Yeah. Older people understand the value of training effort within as little as possible. Mm. Um, yeah, that's another big variable. Older people better with stress. If you're always fucking high stress, you're not going to get much out of your steroids. More financially stable. More financially stable. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. More financial, greater financial decisions too. Yep. Not eating out all the time. I say that in the second like LOL because since prep, I've been eating out a lot. Yeah. But, <laughs> I just miss some things. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's, there's, teenagers should respond to, you know, steroids much greater. Or I should say young people. I should say teenagers. Um, but, in anecdote, older people handle steroids much, much, much better and much greater and get much more from it. So there are some steroids that bind at a greater clip than testosterone, but they aren't as anabolic as testosterone. So by using them in the same dosage as test, 
you actually knock the test out and make it free flowing, which would essentially inactivate its effects because testosterone has to be bound in order to exhibit its effects. It would inactivate its effects and you would get less out of the overall cycle. So again, that's why cycle design is so important. And, and you know, testosterone, at the end of the day, test is king. You can love trust and trend and DECA and everything that's supposed to be so fucking powerful. Test is the best. Period. End of day. End of discussion. End of story. It's the most. It takes the least for your body to utilize. It's the most bioidentical for your body, so your body's going to respond to it the most kindly. Period. And like end of discussion. There's no debating this shit. Yep. Testosterone is the best fucking one. I'd rather you be on a gram of testosterone. And this is why I talk about women. You know, what's the best story a woman can take testosterone? The issue is that's just not. That's not accepted wherever the fuck it needs to be accepted at because people just don't want the facts. The mm-hmm. people don't want reality. They think, oh, Anavar. Like, Anavar. Mm-hmm. It's less safe and less effective. But Primabolin, it's less safe and less effective. What the fuck? Like, what, what, why are these two things so commonly just accepted? But testosterone isn't. See, I use tests in a lot of my girls. It's, my girls listen to the podcast. They're educated. <laughs> but also, you know, it's also about the education you give your athletes, right? Mm-hmm. So like, testosterone is the best fucking antibiotic there that someone can use. Period. End of discussion. You can, you can, it's the easiest to control the side effects because you know what the fuck's going on. Oh, pull back the dosage of the testosterone and the side effects go down. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this shit's so mind-blowing, you know? Um, and, you know, women utilize test propionate for the side effect purpose, which is the short assessor. And it's like, oh, if you have a side effect popping up, oh, easy, pull back. Allow those fucking levels to fall back down. The side effects go away. I mean, this shit's so fucking easy. With Anavar, it's not like that. With Preamble, it's not like that. Master on it's not like that. With MPP, it's not like that. I love those four. I'll use those four. But it's not as good as tests. None of them are as good as tests. And the results you're going to get are so much better. And you're going to feel better. Right. You know, that's the healthiest mm-hmm. one to take. Um, so this is part one. We're going to do part two in the next podcast. I hope you guys learned something. Part two is going to get even deeper. I can't wait. I'll see you guys next time.